the box office bomb squad. This where we break down some of the biggest bombs to ever hit theaters. And today's bomb is 2003's Gili. Let me tell you something, okay? I don't know who the fuck you think you are, but I don't work like this. You got that? If you want to talk about reputations, and if by some fucking miracle long shot you haven't heard of my reputation, let me tell you the fuck I am. I am the fucking sultan of slick, Sadie. I am the rule of fucking cool. You want to be a gangster? You want to be a thug? You sit at my fucking feet, gather the pearls that emanate forth from me. Because I'm the fucking original, straight, first, foremost, pimp, mac, fucking hustler, original gangster's gangster. <laughs> Actual line of dialogue, unedited. Yeah. That, uh, um, that happened in this movie. Wow. This Gather forth the pearls that emanate the, from the me. Pearls. Yeah. And he talks weird because, like, he's doing this, like, weird chin thing the entire time where he's, like, eh, like trying to do, like, a. it's hard to explain, but when you hear him talk, he gets, like, really flimmy in some letters because he, he can't not have his mouth that way without starting to like sound weird. Yeah. But, Oh, so, um, let's do my normal intro. It placed seventh and it's opening day weekend. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Behind American wedding. in it's first week spy kids, three pirates of the Caribbean. This the first one. Sea biscuit, bad boys, two Lorecroft, Tomb Raider, cradle of life. Uh, all of those beat it. And there's a lot of bad movies in that list. Yeah. It dropped to 18th in its second week. Oh, my God. <laughs> and in the UK, didn't even have a second week. They just fucking knocked it out of theaters. They're like, no, thank you. Uh, oh. It made about $7 million back of its $75.6 million budget. It had an 81.9% drop, which is the worst ever until 2005's Undiscovered, an Ashley Simpson movie with Carrie Fisher in it that I've never heard of. <laughs> Uh, on top oh, of that, boy. this is the film that made Martin Brest quit acting. And he brought us Beverly Hills Cop, Midnight Run, Sent of a Woman, Meet Joe Black. It's a good director. This movie made him quit directing. He just couldn't do it anymore after this fucking film. So <laughs> oh, let's talk about it. Fuck. Fuck. We say fuck a lot in it. So many holes. That reminds me of a big. Had to be an ass joke. Oh my god. Let's talk about it. You may have stumbled upon this fact already, Jesse. But if you haven't, let's play a game. Can you tell me how many times the word fuck is said in this film? Oh god. Um, more than a hundred. I'm going to say 174. 124. Ooh, I was uh I was a little high, a little high. That's a lot of fucks. That's that a, lot is of fucks. a lot of fucks. Got this this movie has all the fucks to give. Hmm. What? Well, three Oscar winners in here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I actually the first note on my list here is literally it's spelled like this. The fuck the fucking fuck did I just fucking watch? Fuck. Oh yeah, I got some notes in here. Let's see. Um, I hate Jesse. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> You're talking to me, dog at Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Let you know. What, let's start there. Let's start with Justin Barthes' character, who is a grown man who is suffering from some form of mental disability. And how do they uh, treat this mental disability in the film? Jesse, play the line. 
Your dog used to be a dog at Pittsburgh. That's how he talks. Just the most stereotypical, just gross, like, oh, he's mentally challenged, so he's going to sound like this. And he's going to have his hands curled in. And he's, it's just bad. And I'll say it just this one time, and I'll, I'll refer to it as something else for the rest of it. They call him retard so many times. Yeah. And he gets hit and called retard. Right. And it is one of the most uncomfortable scenes I have ever seen. Right next to the, the quasi-rape scene from 1999's The Astronaut's Wife. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> like, oh, I do not like this. I, 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 I'm uncomfortable. I am not liking any of this. Yeah. Oh. Justin Bartha, who, by the way, I like. Yes, he I do in, too. He was in those National Treasure movies. I like those. Yep. He was, in, was he in Sahara? Or am I thinking of someone else? Um... I don't No, there's no way he was in two movies no, just I don't, like that. I don't think I don't think he was. I don't Oh it's Steve Zahn. The yeah, better Zahn, version of Steve him, Zahn that's right. Was, yeah. He was in Ugh. um let's see, he was the groom from the hangover. Um National that's Treasure right. is obviously what he's known for. He he is Doug. Yeah. Um well, I'm looking at his list and I haven't seen any of these films. Yeah. He he doesn't have a Yeah, National Treasure is definitely the biggest thing he's done. Hangover the Hangover the Hangover. <laughs> yeah. Treasure. He does National Treasure and Hangover movies. And this. Yeah. That that is basically it. Which is a bummer because I I like him. So it'd be neat to see him in more things. Yeah, he's in a lot of movies I never heard of, like Sticky Notes, Strip Search, Against the Clock, Driven, Sorry for Your Loss, New York, I Love You. I I Dear Zoe, I have never heard of any of these films. I have heard of Failure to Launch. Apparently, he's in that. Oh, he's in Sweet Girl? I don't remember him in that. That's a Jason Momoa film. But yeah, uh, basically, once he did the first Hangover, he hasn't done anything non-Hangover or National Treasure, except for some movie called The Rebound in 2009. (laughs) That's it. That is all he's done. Boy, what a fucking career for this guy. Ugh. He also is always portrayed as very short, but he's five foot eight, just like a little above standard. Yeah, it's average. I mean, I guess Ben Affleck is tall, so maybe that's what it is. Yeah, isn't isn't Affleck over six feet? Yeah, I think he's like six two or six three, six two and a, a quarter. So he's a little tall. <laughs> he's about the same height, a little taller than me. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I I hope that he's not the one who measures his. Uh, Height and quarters. Uh, we're not toddlers, Ben. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 33 and a half, but I'll be 34 in only six months. Uh, so, uh, so, so there's also, uh, with the mentally challenged character, Brian, there's also this like ongoing thing where he's obsessed with sex. <laughs> yeah. But he portrays sex only as Baywatch. And he has this weird speech where they're like, what is the Baywatch? And he's like, Baywatch is where all the beautiful people. And I'm just going to say it in a normal voice because I'm not going to imitate no, his voice because I really yeah, don't feel don't like do being. That. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> uh, it's like he's like, I think that's where all the beautiful people are and everyone there is gorgeous. And it's where the sex is. I think that's where the sex is. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Where the sex is? 
What are you talking about? And we're going to leave Ben and JLo for the last person we discuss in this film. We're <laughs> only going to discuss four people really total. Well, six. Uh, so real quick, Lewis, played by Lenny Venito. He plays <laughs> what he plays in every movie. Yeah. And I mean, he plays it pretty well. Yeah, he he knows what he's doing. He's a he's like a kind of a dumb wise guy who yells. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. his whole role. Um, and then we'll mention the mom who she's interesting, but just there's not enough going on. It's like we get her, we kind of get an idea of the character, and then they just do nothing with her. And it feels like she could have been an important character. Like when they're like, "Hey, come here without Brian." Well, they don't say that. They say the R word. Because that's what they refer to him as through the entire film. Yeah. But uh, why wouldn't they leave Brian with the mom instead of right. leaving him alone in that house? Like, I, I don't know. That's just, well, I'm not going to put any logic to this film. No, you um, can't. And then I, the last person I want to discuss, we're going to discuss the other person in detail, but the last person I want to discuss real quickly was Al Pacino's character, who <sighs> he. <sighs> I don't give he, a shit. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I, I just, why did he do this? I, I, sometimes I mean, he was in Jack and Jill bills, as well. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he, and what, by the way, not giving a shit. He's like, this is like one of the first movies where he has a complete beard and he has really long hair that he's got in a bun. And he's <laughs> like disheveled looking. Like he like showed up on set comfortable and was like, I'm not putting on anything uncomfortable for this bullshit. He's only in the movie for what? Three minutes. Maybe. Yeah. And he's kind of portrayed as like, oh, this is a big bad. But then, like, nothing ever comes from that. No. Yeah, The I mean, the movie ends without any repercussions from him. Yeah, it's just, all right, well, it's over. Just, and I, would, I wouldn't say his performance is bad. He's performing fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a decent character what little bit of it you get. Yeah, who he's just a crime boss. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, our our main characters, J-Lo and uh, Ben, which are Larry and Ricky, are sent to kidnap the little brother of a DA that is going to be going against them. And that's kind of the premise of the film is the hijinks that ensue from there. And Pacino shows up to kind of say, that's a bad idea, and I probably would have been fine without you, and I guess I'll kill you guys. And then they basically say, hey, 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 don't kill us. And that's like, that's the most like. That's the most conflict we have in the film. Yeah, that's and the it's PLDR. just over so quickly. <laughs> the pacing is just garbage. <laughs> Let's talk about a cameo in this film. <laughs> I would love to. Another actor who shows up <sighs> three minutes. Yeah, something like and that. And half of it is spaces in between his words <laughs> as he talks. It's a lot of silence. <laughs> We will play a clip of him talking in just a second because you got to hear the level of fucking insanity that Christopher <laughs> Walken brought into this film. And I like to think none of this was scripted. I like to think they're like, all right, you're a cop and you got to be a cop. And he's like, I'll be a cop. All right. I'll, I'll ask him questions and be a cop. Oh, and then, <laughs> yeah. And then. For some reason, maybe a scene wasn't long enough, or they're like, you know, maybe play with it a little bit, fuck with him. Maybe you should fuck with Affleck a little bit, be a cop that's that fucks with people because he does just walk into his house, yeah, like a search warrant. So this is how Christopher Walken decided to fuck with Larry, Ben Affleck's character. Man, you know what I'd love to do right now? 
Go down to Marie Callender's. Get me a big bowl of pie, some ice cream on it. Mmm, good. Put some on your head. Your tongue would slap your brains out trying to get to it. Interested? Yeah? Yeah, I'm trying to get in shape, you know. <laughs> Interested? Dead sure. Chair. <laughs> mm. He says I'm good, like uh, Tim Curry's character from uh, <laughs> Nigel Thornberry. Yeah. Mm-hmm, good. Smashing. <laughs> Smashing. <laughs> but uh, that line, I, I, I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? I will steal, though. The put it on your head. Your tongue will slap your brains out trying to get to it. it. <laughs> oh, you got to do it like him, though. That's the, one of the best parts. Is that your your tongue will slap your brains out trying to get to it? Just his cadence there is yeah, messed it's just, up. It's just, and you could tell he's like, again, he comes on screen, his hair is messy, his like tie is undone. He like, it's like they were like, please show up in the movie. He's like, I'll do it, but after my dentist appointment, and like he just kind of shows up. He's there for a fucking maybe an hour on set to film this, and then he's gone. We never see this cop return ever again. We never see Starkman return. We never see this cop return. The two characters in this movie you want more of. The two characters that are bearable to watch are in the movie for a total of maybe three minutes. And you saw how long that space is. We, uh, we did not edit that clip. How long the space is after he goes, you know what I'd like to do right now? <laughs> and then there's a huge Gone down space. The calendars. <laughs> and in the movie, it's just a close-up of him, and then it's a close-up of Ben Affleck just like yeah. looking half asleep, like it's huh? like a two-shot camera. Yeah, it's just <laughs> fucking wild, man. Like, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> That's the highlight of the movie for me. <laughs> oh, it, I mean, if anyone's like, should I watch the movie? You're like, watch it until Christopher Walken shows up. Once he leaves, just turn it off. Yeah, you're matter of fact. Fast forward until you see Al Pacino show up, play that, and then you know what? You can the ending, I guess you can watch the ending. It's kind of sweet. It's got a sweet ending. Yeah. Yeah. So would you believe, and we'll we'll talk about Affleckum J Lo in a second, because this is this is important for them. Would you believe that this movie, originally written, was an incredibly dark, gritty crime drama? I that was forced into a romantic comedy by studio executives. I would believe you. Because you can see the bits of it, right? Yeah, because, I mean, just the, well, like the when general... Larry slaps the mentally challenged I was going to say, and... just the general treatment yeah. of the poor, the poor kid. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, think about how cartoony this movie is, and no one really ever gets hurt. And it's always like, there's always that weird background music, that bump-a-down... And it's like kind of like happy music. And then like Pacino shows up and shoots a motherfucker in the head and blows his brains into a fucking fish tank and the fishes yeah. eat it. You're like, whoa, that's a change of pace. Yeah. Uh, hey, Lewis, you want to go to medical school? Uh, Boom. Good. Because the kids there always school. need something to practice on. <laughs> I mean, it was a good joke. <laughs> and his delivery was really good because he, he says it. But he doesn't laugh. He just kind of turns. And well, he doesn't laugh because he doesn't care, Jesse. Yeah. No. I mean, he huh? gives no shits. He doesn't care. He doesn't. I don't give a shit. 
I don't. I don't. Another <laughs> I cadence don't. that's completely way, weird. Nob- <laughs> nobody asks him if he did. And no one like challenges him that he does. He just says that. Matter of fact, the scene is weird because part of me feels like Pacino wasn't even on set with them because he never interacts with them. They yeah, never not, have a back and forth. Not really directly. J-Lo says one thing to him, and then he's like, all right. And then that's the end of it. Because <laughs> literally once Pacino shows up, he starts talking and does not stop for two minutes until J-Lo has one line, and then he talks again for another 30 seconds or so, and then the scene's done. Yeah, and he I'm interacts like, huh. with Lewis, but that's it. Yeah, he only interacts with Lewis, and only because he makes fun of him for eating and then straight up fucking kills him. Yeah. Spoiler alert for Gili. Yeah. Also, the movie's name is Gili, which pisses me off because it's like only name that because it, clearly they wanted the ongoing gag of people saying his name wrong, but only one time is his name said wrong. By yeah. Lewis, where he's like giggly, and he's like, it's Gili. He's like, I'm sorry, Jiggly. And th- that's it. That's it's like, Gilly, that's right? it. We don't really? get any more of that. It, yeah, it should have been like every time somebody reads it, they say it wrong. Yeah. And it should have been something that he is frustrated with. Because like the whole point of the character is he's got this really intense anger inside of him. That's the thing. I think it would have been better had they said it wrong a few times and like, you know, he's getting fast food and somebody says it wrong and he grabs and he their head and slams it into the yeah. cash register and then steals the money and leaves. Yeah, it's like you completely know? unnecessary bit of violence. But like, yeah. it's because he just is a violent man. And this movie definitely was playing with the fact that this was about a mob enforcer who has very bad anger issues. He meets another mob enforcer that has to work with him who has complete control over her feelings. And we kind of explore the fucked up world of what those two have to explore together. You know, like, is it better to fly off the handle and have your emotions be so hot? Or is it better to turn your emotions off completely when you're dealing with the fact that these characters, although portrayed as good people, cartoon characters, are fucking violent criminals who have murdered people. Yes. When we meet Ben Affleck, he is jamming a man into a dryer to kill him. Yep. And he goes, "Oh well, I'll let you go because you got half, you got most of the money." Yeah, we, Lewis. We caught him at his change of heart moment. Yeah, that is not where it started. <laughs> <sighs> boy, oh boy, what a fucking film, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's something. It's a thing that happened. Yeah, and not <laughs> bad for everybody. <laughs> All right, let's see. Suckmydick.com. <laughs> Perfect example of him. Um, <laughs> the trailer for this movie shows 11 scenes not in the film. Really? Yes. I didn't even watch this trailer. Oh, yeah, I watched watch the trailer. It. I was like, holy shit, there's the, no, none of this is in the fucking trailer. I wonder if there was more walking. There's got to be. I think, okay, so again, the movie was much more serious, and halfway through, what happened was the studio executives were like, hey, they're dating in real life, and all the tabloids are reporting on them, so that's the biggest couple thing ever, so we should make it cute and funny and have them be in a relationship. Well, how do you turn a fucking morbid, dark, gritty script into something happy and light and cheery? You don't. This is what happens. Mm-hmm, good. Mm, bad. <laughs> I don't know why I did Tim Curry for that. Space. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I can't think. Of, I can't think of Tim Curry without thinking of that fucking line. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good line. Uh, but yeah, Justin Bartha should like apologize to like the Special Olympics or something. Man, it, it's, it's fucking rough, buddy. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> oh, it's rough. I mean, I could tell he's trying to do some 
He's some emulating sort of autism. Yeah. Like extreme autism though. But like the curled in hands thing yeah. and the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like Al Pacino or not Al Pacino, geez. Dustin Hoffman's Hoffman Rain, Rain Man. Man, yeah. It's like uh, but it's just, Dustin Hoffman does it correctly and like shadowed, you know, several people to learn how to do it. You can tell that he probably just watched Dustin Hoffman and he Rain says Man. that he did watch. He yeah. says that he did watch people, but I I don't think I think he watched actors Oof. doing it. Yeah. Because yeah. if that's what you got from it, you need to watch. You you need to study harder. Um, this is another movie that a, a, I asked the classic question: What temperature is it? Because in some scenes, our characters are wearing like <laughs> no clothes outside, and they're fine. And then uh-huh. in the next scene, they're wearing like two jackets each. Yeah. Uh, Justin Barthes character's wearing a hoodie and a jacket, and then walks down to a beach of people only wearing swimsuits. Like, I don't know what the temperature is here. I don't even know where it is. Is it? Are, are they in L? Yeah, they're in L.A. Somewhere. I think they're in L.A. somewhere. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, because she wants to go north. Okay. Yeah. 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 Lopez <laughs> is not good in this. Like, I don't. No. I I've, I like the cell with her in it. I think she's actually pretty good in the movie The Cell. Uh, and I, and Ben Affleck obviously he can be good. Neither of them are trying. You could tell that they were fucking frustrated with this. Like they thought they were going to do a Martin Breast like dark thriller and then they get fucking suckered into this bullshit. Right. I, uh, I found a snippet that said, uh, Kevin Smith likes to talk about how anytime he needs to Trump Affleck in a conversation, he ends <laughs> it with Julie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is the second movie that Ben Affleck has sex with a lesbian in it. What was the first one? Chasing Amy. Oh yeah. yeah. Way to go, man. I mean, I like, think. what is Ben Affleck's thing? He's like, he thinks he's such a fucking stud. He can turn lesbians. Or he is, like, or know, is man. he just a very uh, feminine man? <laughs> feminine man. That checks that his nails. Yeah, like this. Yeah. That was that whole conversation. I actually, I, the girl, the fiance asked me um, how, like how the movie was going when I was watching it. And I said, hold on, hold on. And I rewound to that scene. I was like, yeah. just watch this. Just this whole scene will tell you the entire feeling of the movie for me. <laughs> yeah, he says a he says fuck a thousand times in it, and he's like, I got bad eyesight, so I got to put him far away because yeah. that's the voice he's doing throughout this whole movie. By the far way, away. I'm I'm a it's bull. Like I'm a bull. Really bad wise guy voice. It's just oh, <laughs> yeah. In every relationship, there's a bull and there's a cow. And lady, I'm the bull. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what it is, and it's horrible. But hey. Oh god! And but then again, I almost respect him for trying something because J Lo is doing nothing. Yeah, she's, just she's doing her regular voice. She's got a little bit of a like a tiny little try several times. That's trying. her real voice, though. Is it? I've never. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if she I've has, ever actually heard her just talk. Oh yeah, she has an actual that actual accent. She's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Okay, well that's just her regular voice." Wow. Okay. Hmm. But she I does have that. she does have one of the most baffling lines of dialogue in the film. There's nothing that sets up what the fuck is going on here. They are in bed together, and then she says this. It's turkey time. Huh? Gobble, gobble. I'm going to use that line later. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, him saying, huh, is perfect because it's like, yeah, what what are you talking about? I I would have said it one more time. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, 
she basically her argument is that women are better lovers because they pay more attention because it's harder to get them where they need to be. So a woman with a woman is always better because they know and they they take the time and focus. And Affleck's like, nah, but she ain't got a dick. And she's like, do you really think a dick is the end all be all of sexual pleasure? I actually like their conversation about this because it is an interesting conversation. It's just done poorly. And yeah. like, I'm like, oh, okay, there's bits here that I like. But then later she's like, yeah, I guess I'll fuck this guy and give him a chance, which is like weird because previously the movie has kind of set up the fact that she really is not interested in him. So it's odd that she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> and the way she comes on to him is by saying it's turkey time <laughs> and then gobble, gobble. And here's the problem. Never before have they mentioned anything about turkey time or turkey or, th- or anything like that to where it makes sense that she makes that joke. And then we get a really awkwardly long sex scene and he never goes down on her. So there's no gobble gobble to it. <laughs> like it, it's just like I'm uh, the f- and also for the whole thing being about how men don't take time to like check the other areas, I guess the best way to say they don't. She immediately mounts him and like they start having sex. Like there's no fucking foreplay to it. So I was like, what is her argument here? It doesn't make any sense. She is ruining it herself. And like, just so she can go home and go, look, see, it was bad. It's like, well, yeah, if you want it to be bad, it's going to be bad. Uh, I like the mom. Yeah. Stereotypes for a little meh, but I like the mom. I like, I like the mom hinting that she's done lesbian stuff. She's I like, like that actress. Knows. Yeah, she's fun. She's uh, the mom. Lainey Kazan. Yeah, she's the mom in. Uh, uh, she's oh, what's his name? In um, don't mess with the Zohan. Uh, Is she? Yeah, she's in don't mess with the Zohan. She's um, I can't remember the dude's name. Nick Schwartzen's mom. There we go. Jiminy Christmas. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Zohan, <laughs> Zohan has sex with her. Yeah. Exactly. He's like, are you mad because I made love with your mother? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, boy. So there's another bit in this movie that really irks me. She judges him for not having a book in his apartment, yeah. like to read to to read to Brian. But she has a book, and she never once is like, "Here, read something out of this book to him." Right. It's not like what's in the book matters. He reads him a hot sauce bottle and a thing of toilet paper. Exactly. So she's just a dick. Yeah. One hundred percent. She had a book. Yeah, and I mean his de- his apartment in his in his defense his has almost nothing in it. Yeah, well, the reason why is case he ever has to just pack up and leave, which he does, so he doesn't have to worry about anything. Also, they're just like, well, I guess we're leaving, and I'm like, so they're just gonna kill his mom, huh? Yeah, because Sarkman is not the kind of guy that is just gonna let this go yeah. unanswered. Oh, I guess they got away. I don't give a shit. I don't. <laughs> No, that, that's not how that's going to work. Uh, yeah, he's going to find the mom and kill her. Yes, for sure. Because they did not take the mom with her. Well, the movie kind of forgets the mom exists after we have the one scene of her. Yeah. Uh, The blonde ex-girlfriend, Robin. Yeah. Wow, she was terrible. Yeah. That whole scene was that, uncomfortable. Uh, I just yeah, didn't like any of it. That that whole yeah, I, it was incredibly uncomfortable. And like at first, I thought she was just being dramatic about the whole wrist cutting thing. And then she like holds yeah. her arms up and she's bleeding. And I'm like, Are you kidding me? Oh yeah, oh, lady, you need some band aids. <laughs> yeah. That was the best. That was the only good line. That out was of a that. good line. <laughs> 
And it's the one time where he sounds like a normal person. He's just like, whoa, lady, he needs some bandages. He's not like doing that weird voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then just like goes to the hospital and then it's all smiles and they're fine. Yeah. I, I don't. This movie forgets know. characters. Yeah, and she doesn't show up for the rest of the movie. They just leave her behind, and she probably got killed, too, or killed herself. Yeah, Christopher Walken also never is given a name in the movie. Yeah, They just call him a cop. Yeah. He has a name in the credits, (laughs) but he doesn't have a name in the actual movie. Uh, It's uh, Jesse, I can tell you right now that as soon as the screen darkened for the credits roll, I fucking got out of this. Oh, I'm sure. There was no credits for me in this. I barely got to that screen. I would say you'd pronounce this Detective Stanley Jacobelli. Sure. I'm sure he chose that last name. He's like, Jacobelli. It's a good name. I'm going to have some eggs. I wrote this line down. I think you'll appreciate it. How the fuck do you cut off a thumb with a plastic knife? Determination. <laughs> How does he get to the bone? Uh, I guess you could break the thumb, but even yeah, cutting skin I mean, with a plastic knife is nearly I mean, impossible. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe. And why a plastic a- knife? Why not just have a scalpel lying around? Are you telling me that a, a tough guy from the mob doesn't have a pocket knife? Yeah. Oh, Period? yeah. yeah. You know they carry pliers to break knuckles and shit. And like if yeah. he's such the if he's the ruler cool, the Sultan of Swing, baby. If he's all these things that he claims he is, why does he never have any of the tools he needs for anything? No. Now he has a uh flashlight in his glove compartment that he calls a walkie-talkie to talk to the Baywatch. <laughs> yeah. All that is stuff that happens in the movie and without context made no sense, I'm sure. In the movie it doesn't make that much sense either. Also in the movie um, not to spoil the ending for everybody, but at the end, basically they're like, well, if we leave Brian somewhere where he's safe, then his brother could pick him up and we can leave. And he's good. Cause they end up caring for Brian a little bit and they don't want to hurt him. Even though Starkman wants them to kill him. So here's the thing. They go and it looks like they're recording something where everyone's in bikinis and he's like, Oh my God, it's Baywatch. Okay. Well, sure. Let him go off into there, and, you know, obviously he'll eventually be taken care of by somebody, and then he called the brother and he goes, hey, he's down here. You're, you're going to go. He then walks 100 yards away down to where the movie's being recorded while Affleck stays at the phone booth, right? Well, the phone, the, the pay phone. Yeah. He then starts talking to a girl, and early in the movie, he's like, this is how you talk to a girl, and he does the, the lines. And she starts talking, and she's Australian, which is important because Justin Barth's character, Brian, has an obsession with the Australian uh, time and temperature voice on the phone. Yeah. But Affleck, like, starts smiling, like, no way. I can't believe it. It's like, how the fuck did he hear that conversation? He was 100, <laughs> he was 100 yards away, and, and Bartha is in the middle of a crowd hey. talking to her at level, like, just – personally talking not yelling there's no way he could have heard that he's a bull that shits pearls that you want that's right (laughs) i forgot about that part right he is the sultan of swing and the rule of cool yeah so there is that gangsta's gangsta Uh, yeah (laughs) if you for some chance haven't heard of my fucking reputation (laughs) Uh, he also is a very bad enforcer by the way Oh, yeah. Like, he gives up on the first guy. He just lets some stranger walk into his house while he has a hostage. Yeah. And, I mean, I I think he's working with the detective, too. 
Yeah, that sounds like he's informed on somebody before. Right, right. Okay, I was gonna bring this up. What the fuck is the relationship with the detective? It it a hundred percent. The detective's like, hey, wise guy, and he's kind of pushing on him. But you can tell it's in a way that he like you got more of that information for me. Yeah, we wouldn't know because the character fucking disappears. But yeah, I got the feeling as well that is he is he fucking informing for the cops? Right. I think he is. Yeah, that's the feeling I got. Because honestly, why not call that cop right away and be like, "Yo, I just saw Starkman murder uh, Lewis and fr- and and he's dead in his house right now. He blew his brains all over our fish tank. And you can check the fish tank, you know. Yeah. And there's no way they're gonna get all the blood out of that water in time to oh, hide God, anything. No. So well, the fish oh, ate he had him right there. Well, yeah, the fi- we watched the fish eat a big chunk of the brain, which is kind of funny. It's actually a funny bit in this movie. <laughs> But like he has a cop that is that works the fucking organized crime unit and he has an opportunity to like be like, hey, cop that does this one job, here's this one job, and then they don't do it because the movie again is just a shit movie that is not written well at all. Yeah. Ugh. There's some holes. Oh my god, are there holes? <laughs> there are more holes in this movie than... Oh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. Uh, it's turkey time. <laughs> gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Uh, <laughs> good. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect line. <laughs> Suckmydick.com. Uh, Suckmydick.com. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, Jesse, uh, let's play our game that we all know and love. Five Degrees of Joe Morton. I don't know how much longer I can hold this. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Okay, and it is my turn. I got it in one. Uh, oh. Using one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite, probably not great movies. Um, Af- ben Affleck to Joe Morton directly in Paycheck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, about two or three weeks ago, I went over all the Joe Morton movies that also had like certain actors in it. And one of them was called Injustice for All, which is an Al Pacino film mm-hmm. where uh, Joe a Morton's a prison doctor in it, but it's got a ton of people in it. And I've never heard of this film, but it's like a comedy courtroom movie about uh, a, a young hotshot lawyer that has to like defend a judge that they know is guilty. And it's just basically the, they're trying to blame, uh, they're trying to blame the crime on just some like innocent black man. Very well done. Very interesting. Uh, I'd never seen it before, so it was kind of fun to watch it. It's it's definitely a satire of those like Matlock-like films because he's not okay. that great at the job, but like they kind of play with the fact that he just keeps stumbling into shit correctly. But yeah, Al Pacino and Joe Morton are in that movie together and share a little bit of screen time. Very nice. So I got it in one as well. Wee. And I do suggest watching Injustice for All. I actually really liked it. It's old. It's from 79. I've been thinking about watching it. I just keep seeing it on Joe's IMDb, and I hadn't gotten around to it yet. Like, the tagline is, this man needs the best lawyer in town. The problem is, he is the best lawyer in town. <laughs> That's nice. 
have to check <laughs> so, that out. It sounds good. I didn't know it was a yeah, comedy. And like Jeffrey Tambor's in it. Uh, Craig T. Nelson is in it. Jeez. Uh, John Forsyth. Uh, wow. Just a bunch of random people that you'll go, oh, yeah, I know that person. I know that person. Awesome. It's I, I liked it. I actually really liked it. So anyway, that was my uh, Joe, my five Joe. So as always, let's go. <laughs> I think everyone knows the answer to this, but let's go into should it bomb. Uh, one, two, three, oh. three, two, one, zero. But I hope the movie old fails as good as I hope it does. But that doesn't make any fucking sense, Brandon. Oh, Are you having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, good. No, Chris. No, it wasn't. And it does deserve to bomb. Oh, yeah. I, I feel bad for Martin Brest. I feel bad for everyone involved in this film. Uh, if we would have got the dark original cut of this film that partially was created before it was turned into this maybe uh, I'd give it a break, but like, holy crap, man, this was just fucking terrible. You know what I want God though? Damn. I want the dark version, but I want, I want Christopher Walken's part to not in that spot to not change. I want Christopher Walken's <laughs> cop character to interact with Al Pacino's mob character. Oh God. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I don't care. Mm, good. I don't give a shit. Mm, good. I don't. <laughs> Uh, this really, honestly, this movie did nothing but make me want to watch Al Pacino or Christopher Walken movies. Right. So, yeah. Cause I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, these guys are good. I forgot. These guys are really good and fun. Watch seven psychopaths. If you want to watch a Christopher Walken movie oh, where he's just, God. he's on fire with ridiculousness in that Dude, movie. That movie is responsible. Number one, I'm a huge Sam Rockwell fan. Love Sam oh, Rockwell. Yeah. Uh, Loves dancing in his films. Yeah, Christopher Walken in that movie when he, the guy's like, get down on the ground. He's holding a shotgun. No. He goes, oh. No. He's like, well, why not? Because I don't want to. But I got a gun. So what? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I love Christopher Walken. I've loved Christopher Walken since I first saw him in Batman Returns when he's like, Bruce Wayne, mm. why are you dressed like Batman? <laughs> like, I just love that fucking line because it's so stupid. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. He's uh, in Dune Part 2, and I'm so fucking here for it. Nice. I don't know who he's playing yet, but I, I think he might be the king of the universe situation, but holy shit. He's 80. I know that he's getting to the point where we're not going to see him much longer, but like, think about him and uh, Catch Me If You Can and the story of the watch and everything. Like, holy shit, you know? Oh, yeah. Two mice fall into a bucket of cream. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> uncomfortable like... hunk of metal up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a national treasure. Right. Christopher Walken is. For sure. <sighs> I'm just thinking about Chris Walken now. Anyway, uh, <laughs> not where we're supposed to be because that's good thoughts, and this movie did not create those. Uh, How dare movie, you, movie? Yeah, this movie did the opposite. This movie was very bad, and so bad that I can't even suggest to watch it for the humor of how bad it is because the pacing is just rough. Yeah, look up Christopher Walken's part on, like, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, you know don't, what? Don't waste I mean, we played everything you need to see. Yeah, we played a good third of his part yeah and the other part yeah. wasn't funny <laughs> yeah it's just that bit i wish we would have had a longer scene of uh, pacino to play yeah like this guy here always eating <laughs> uh 
Anyway, yeah. Jesse, what's next? This will serve nicely as a bill of sale. Now, as to oh. you poor devils. I know so, exactly what this is. So as I see it, when it comes to the subject of what to do next, you gentlemen have two choices. One, once I'm gone, you could lift that beast off the remaining spec. Uh, I cut the rest of the thing off because it takes too long to say the whole line. But yeah. that's from 2021's Django Unchained, The Amazing Christoph Waltz. Love it. Mr. Django, would you please remove his boots? He will not be needing them. <laughs> so uh, but our next movie is 2020's Mulan. Oh, live action Mulan. Live action Mulan. That has... Um, uh, I, I, I Hopefully it's not this. all in Cantonese. <laughs> or or just randomly part of it in, in yeah. uh, Night Vision. But, uh, anyway, uh... That movie has Jimmy Woo in it. It was a like a pretty big deal in the magic playing community, and I play magic, so it's like I I remember like oh I gotta watch it because Jimmy Woo's in it, and then I remember like I think I watched like maybe 25, 30 minutes of that movie, and then I I walked away to do something, and I just had the, such a little sense of urgency to go back that I let the movie run for like forty five <laughs> minutes. It's and then I came back noise? and saw just a little bit of it, and I was like, oh, I did not watch any of this movie. So it'll be nice to sit down and be forced to watch the whole thing. Because maybe I'll, maybe I'll like it more. There's, I definitely have a weird complaint off the top of it, which, again, I, I missed most of the movie, so maybe I'm wrong. So that's all I got to say. Awesome. I have not seen it at all, so this will be a first run for me. I mean, no Eddie Murphy as a dragon is already... A knock against it. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on you, cow. <laughs> I mean, this guy's got him scared to death. <laughs> That's my favorite part of that song. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, Jesse, what are you watching? So, uh, what you watching? Do I know they're bad? Yes, I know they're bad. Do I accept that they're bad? Yes, I accept that they're bad. 1999's The Astronaut's Wife. Well, I am watching um, Good Omens, season one, since season two Uh is uh, very much so in the works and getting ready to roll. I wanted to brush up. Uh, Fantastic show. I love just Tenet, Sheen, the whole, I mean, John Hamm is good in it. It's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I've been watching that. And because I am also, you know, driving a lot, I like to listen to audiobooks. And, of course, Good Omens was based on an audio, on a book, uh, Good Omens, the book by Neil Gaiman. Um, there is, however, several different versions. So the one I originally got was just the original audiobook of Good Omens. However... They have since put out a Neil Gaiman, Terry Pratchett, Good Omens, full cast production version that has all the people from the TV show in a full cast uh, production of it. In there, there, you know, he's that U.S. ambassador. Yeah. Yeah. And Brian Cox plays Death. Yes. Which I enjoy because I just was waiting for him to be like, I'm going to pistol up the next 20 that says shenanigans. (laughs) So yeah, 
Uh, I remember whenever like I saw the casting of God and Satan in that, and it's like Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be Satan. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And they're like, Francis McDormand is going to be God. I'm like, oh, all right, I'm 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 in. Uh, I love it. It's such a good, uh, just such a good show. I mean, in general, it, it is quite good. Yeah, you know, and I mean, they they really do ex- go into in the TV show. They go into so many good interactions and feelings between Aziraphale and Crowley that well it's one of those interesting uh, like what happens whenever um you're basically forced alongside a person you hate for a long time but you guys have a lot of similarities so they just become this weird like they are friends but they yeah. aren't friends but then they just agree like shit everything yeah it's, the, the whole entire premise is one is an angel one is a demon yeah. The demon is sent to do bad. The angel is sent to do good, but they just keep fucking and canceling each other out. The thing is, it's their job. It's yeah. their job to do good. It's their job to do bad. And they don't necessarily hate each other. They're coworkers, basically. Yeah. They're just for, in different departments. And yeah. one of my favorite, you know, several of my favorite things that happen are where Crowley brings up a point where he's like, uh, you know, wouldn't it be weird if uh, I did the good thing and you did the bad thing? <laughs> and it just like takes him aback, and he's like, <laughs> you know. Uh, but then he brings up the situation of, you know, we could do this back and forth, and I could do bad, you could do good, and we cancel each other out till the end of time, or we could just say that we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just say that we're doing it. Yeah. Also, like the whole thing is they're raising a child who's supposed to be the antichrist or uh-huh. or the bringer of good, like Christ, and like. I love that Michael Sheen goes, well, I'm going to pretend to be this kindly gardener and teach him all the good things in the world. (laughs) And then like he, he, so he's just Michael Sheen dressed like a gardener. But then David Tennant's like, I'm going to pretend to be his like weird bored nanny. And so he's dressed like a woman the, the entire time. And just being a dick. And I'm like, all right, first off, very passable as a woman. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> oh, God. I, I love the show. And I had not read any of that book until the show was on. And I go, okay, well, I love Neil Gaiman's writing already. So I need to go back and read this. So this is one of the few books I can actually comment on. Uh, it's fucking great. It's it's just, like I didn't know that there was what you had pointed out where we had like actual like cast readings of the book now i'm gonna have to listen to that oh yeah it i i did not know this existed until um gosh it was only a couple months ago i found this and man man. it is so good so it came out uh it doesn't really have a release date on here it doesn't look like it is 12 hours and 14 minutes long uh oh it released an audible november 2nd 2021 Oh, okay. So, so it is most definitely not uh not It old. was a it was a uh COVID project then. Yes. Most likely. Which makes perfect sense because you can get people into studios all over the world and have them yeah. record parts. It's like, well, I need to work, so voice right. work is is the easy way to do this. Yeah. So check huh. that out for sure. Absolutely, man. I'm I'm stoked. That's a I, I mean, I'm not saying that any of your past were, were bad because you, you do have great uh rep recommendations, but I'm really excited about that one. Yeah, you don't get many full cast production audiobooks. No, no, not at all. I love a full cast. Love a full cast. That's graphic audio. That company does full cast readings yeah. of 
like comic books. I uh, absolutely love it. I think there's a full cast production of Harry Potter, I believe. Maybe. Uh, there's, uh, there is one of Sandman. Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking. Sandman. But it's, it's not the cast that is from the show. It's actually different people. Cause like, I think James McAvoy plays, uh, Morpheus in that. Yeah. So done very well though. I've only listened to about half of it, but I really liked it. So there's that. Huh? Okay. All right. All right. Uh, anything else? Nope. That is it for me. Um, so real quick, like not even to take any time at all. I saw evil dead rise. It's fine. Um, very risky with its kills. Very risky with its kills. Quite surprised. Uh, like we see children get hurt. We see some interesting things that we normally don't see in horror movies. I actually liked it. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's different, but they did try to keep some of the same humor of the classic, but not as slapsticky as Bruce Campbell stuff. It also puts itself in such a situation that it's not necessarily the same book. It's a different book that's involved. Uh, so that was interesting because it allows them to kind of say that the stuff that happened um, in Evil Dead did happen, but this is just a different story taking place in a different place, which I found quite interesting. Uh, but more importantly, what I've been watching is season two of Sweet Tooth. And I loved season one. It's just endearing and well done and a fantastic villain. And season two, it's just, it just, it amps everything up. And I, I just loved it from beginning to end. Like, I don't know if reviews are negative or what on it, but oh my God, I just, I'm, I'm so connected to some of these characters. I just absolutely love watching them on screen. And so that was just, if you have a chance, you want to watch something that, is dark because it's about the post-apocalyptic future and a virus that's killing humanity, but has like a little bit of heart and like a gleam of hope to it. Definitely, definitely watch this. I think you, I think you'll actually really like it. Awesome. Uh, as far as a music recommendation, hmm, I didn't write one down actually. Well, let me think. Did I talk about, have I talked about the, uh, oh yeah, I talked about idols. I got one. What's yeah? What is it? So I mean, it's 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 probably well known. I don't know honestly. In my circles, it's very well known. But they are coming to town in November, and it's the first concert I'll be taking my daughters to. Uh, their first concert, so we're very excited. Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox. Oh yeah, I, I like Postmodern Jukebox. Yeah. So uh, the, they take new songs. Version and, of Toxic that I really appreciate. Oh yeah, I love their version of Creep and Gangster's Paradise. Oh uh, okay, oh, those okay. are really good. Yeah, it's kind of a. Uh, I mean, you like. Interesting covers because you're a big Richard Cheese fan as well. Oh so. yeah, I love. Makes Richard sense for you to fall into that spot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I talked about Bug Hunter a couple episodes ago. That's a great little band so. too. Arrested Youth. That's what I'll. That's what I'll suggest. Arrested Youth. Uh, they're. Uh, how do I explain them? They kind of sound like early Twenty One Pilots before they got really dark and dreary. I don't know if you guys listen to 21 Pilots prior, but they did take like a pretty dark turn once they got kind of big. Uh, let's see. What song by them? I think the kid I used to know is quite good. 98 Degrees is quite good. Ego is good. There's a lot of good songs. I will go with... Uh, 
which 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 one? Which, oh man, this is why I usually write this down because I I do this. Uh, let's go with Riot, the song Riot. It's from it's from the album Fear. It's pretty good, but Riot was fun. Arrested Youth is just kind of a fun light rock. Uh, just kind of like with a with a touch of a touch of hip hop to it. Uh, and uh, need I say maybe even a little ska influence in there from here to there. Wow. Uh, very interestingly done. But yeah, I think that's something that people listen to and enjoy. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening guys. As always, we really appreciate it. If you watch Geely alongside us, I'm really sorry. We made you do that. <laughs> um, just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do to, for, I just, please give me your forgiveness. I, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't know how sorry I am that we made you do this. Uh, it is uh, maybe my least favorite thing I've watched on here now. I know I say that sometimes, but uh, it's, it's now I will say that unfortunately I will quote part of this movie and it will end up in the <laughs> vernacular of my household, which is the, it tastes so good that if you put it on your head, your tongue will slap your brains, brains out of the way to get, to, get to, it. to it. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll probably say that at some point in my life, which makes me sad that I'm quoting Geely, but whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, just if you have a chance to follow me, go to TikTok and find Brando Supreme, and you can follow me on TikTok. And if you want to find us on a lot of other things, you can go to boxofficebombsquad.com. It's basically an online business card where you can find out all the places to uh, stalk us, if you so please. Um, You can go to podcasters.spotify.com and leave us, uh, you read the show notes if you want to, leave us some uh, voicemails. We love uh, emails to magictalkiebox at gmail.com. I in a previous episode where it was just me rambling on like a moron for 20 minutes um, asked everyone to give us ideas on things we can do for special episodes. We want to hmm. Uh, hmm. we kind of want to, you know, put in some fun episodes that aren't just watching horrible movies like Geely. Yeah, yeah. we're going to try to do something for our birthday to watch something a little fun. And of course, we always do our horror uh, two episode horror thing in, in October. So. And once we run out of bad Christmas movies, we'll probably start doing Christmas movies that we actually don't hate. <laughs> yeah, and it'll be a reprieve. <laughs> yeah. Won't that be nice? <laughs> I never thought I'd watch Jingle All the Way and be like, oh, thank God. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> but that definitely will be one of the movies we do, by the way. The Turbo Doll. <laughs> <laughs> Boomer! <laughs> Put that cookie down! <laughs> oh, Sinbad. <laughs> uh... A rap chains around you. <laughs> uh, Phil Hartman, RIP. Yeah. Just eating your wife's cookies. Mm, mm. <laughs> Put that cookie down. Uh, I love Arnold. What yeah. a fucking voice. Right. To this day. So, anyway, uh, again, thanks everybody. And uh, tune in next week for uh, 2020's Mulan. Fucking fuck 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 fuck
fuck him. Fuck, fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck Suckmydick.com. Fuck fucking England. Fucking. Must fuck. Fucking. Fuck. Fucking. Fuck. 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 Fucking. 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 Fuck. Fuck. Fucking. 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 Shut the fuck up. Fuck. Fucking. Fuck. Fucking. Fucking. Fuck. Fucking. Fuck. Fucking. Fucking. Shut the fuck up. Fucking. 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 Fucking bullshit. Fucking. 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 Fuck. Fucking. 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 Fucking.